Trump's Republican rivals for the presidential nomination, they are quickly coming to his defense. I will beat him fair and square. We don't need to have judges making these decisions. We need voters to have make these decisions. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters of this country. I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. This is a historic level of accountability for January 6th and for Donald Trump's actions on January 6th. Now, as you mentioned, this is probably not the final word because Donald Trump will appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. But for this moment in time, this is a huge dose of accountability and a punishment for January 6th. The Colorado Supreme Court, in a four to three decision ruling that Donald Trump engaged in the insurrection that the insurrectionist ban in the 14th Amendment applies to the presidency and that he is ineligible to hold any future office. That's the finding from the majority opinion. Let me read for you a quote, a pretty searing quote, where they hammered Trump for his conduct that day. The justices wrote, quote, President Trump did not merely incite the insurrection. Even when the siege on the Capitol was fully underway, he continued to support it by repeatedly demanding that Vice President Mike Pence refuse to perform his constitutional duty and by calling senators to persuade them to stop the counting of electoral votes. These actions constituted overt, voluntary, and direct participation in the insurrection. It's those actions, Donald Trump's own behavior, that according to the challengers and the justices on the Colorado Supreme Court is the reason why he's disqualified. Let me play for you a clip from Sean Grimsley. He was one of the attorneys who led this challenge in Colorado. He took a victory lap last night with our colleague, Caitlin Collins. And Donald Trump is the only person to blame for this. I understand that his supporters may be upset that he could be off the ballot, but he needs to look in the mirror as to what he did on January 6th and the days leading up to it. He is the one and it is his actions that are going to be the thing that keeps him off the ballot. Look, so it contrasts with what some of those Republican candidates saying, right? He's saying, this is the Constitution, this is the law of the land, we're just following the law. Uh, but guys, we'll see what the final word is from the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, Marshall, to that point, do we have any sense of time? There's a stay in effect, at least in the near term. Do we have any sense of the timing of how this is all going to play? Well, look, the Supreme Court can move quickly when it wants to. As I'm sure you remember, Bush v. Gore was decided in just a few days, 23 years ago. But there are a lot of deadlines uh, in the calendar here. The election officials in Colorado say they have to certify the final list of the names for the primary by January 5th. It's not so clear if that deadline will be met, but we all know what the end game here. The end game is the presidency stopping Trump from the White House. That's the goal of the challenger. So if he's still on some primary ballots, you can believe they'll continue this fight into the general. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Marshall, before you go and your reporting on this has been uh, really excellent, can you explain what this would mean for the general election if he becomes the nominee? Well, look, if he becomes the nominee, he will face more challenges. 
this is something that we've never grappled with before as a nation, Poppy. So yeah. there's not a lot of case law on this. He'll probably be challenged again if he wins the nomination, and he could even be challenged if he wins the election, but before his inauguration. Marshall Cohen, thank you. Joining us now to discuss CNN senior political analyst John Avalon, CNN political analyst and historian Leah Wright Rigor, and CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig. I, I, I want to drill into the legal pieces of this in a moment, but to start, to Marshall's point, there's not a lot of case law here. I don't think there's any uh, to some degree. Uh, there is no precedent for this. This is unquestionably historic. We've had 12, 14 hours to digest this. What are your thoughts? So my, my thoughts are split into two camps. The first is that we shouldn't get overexcited, that this is just, you know, I think it doesn't necessarily mean that Trump's ruled out. It's clear that the Supreme Court, I think, uh, of the United States will probably take up this case. Um, this may mean just a setback. We may even see Trump on the ballot if the Supreme Court takes up the case before January 5th, which is the day for certification of candidates uh, on the ballot. But on the other hand, it is historic because it is a preview of what is to come. That this is something that is part of this kind of, these ideas about insurrection, about overthrowing democracy, about accountability that is all stemming from the Trump presidency and January 6th. This is, I think, a defining case in terms of thinking about how these things are going to play out over the course of not only the next year and this next presidential election, mm -hmm. but also even beyond that. So. It's opening the door for other cases. It's opening the door for the courts to establish what does it mean to be an insurrectionist? What does it mean for the presidency, the a person who is uh, in the office of the presidency, to take part in an insurrection? Does that amount to disqualifying in some way, shape, or form? And it's going to force not only the courts of this country to make a decision, but also the American public. You know, the real question here, Ellie, also is, this is a procedural decision. The district court already said a finding of fact that the pres former president engaged in an insurrection. Right. But this court is taking it one step further and reading Section 3 of the 14th Amendment a way that no court has so far. Yeah, and here's where I think the problem comes in with the ruling we got from the Colorado Supreme Court yesterday. Even if we take it as a given that Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection, and I'm willing to sign on to that given all the facts, I think quite clearly we still don't know, even as we sit here now, we don't know how this works. We don't know who gets to decide whether a person engaged in insurrection. We didn't know 100 years ago. We didn't know yesterday. We don't know now. The problem is the Constitution tells us how we're supposed to know. The 14th Amendment says, Section 5, Congress is supposed to pass laws telling us how this works. Congress has not done that. And so what Colorado did is they sort of made up this procedure. They had this quasi-hearing over five days. And now the Supreme Court of Colorado, by a four to three margin, is saying, eh, good enough. He's out. That is a violation of due process. And that is why I think that this ruling from the Colorado Supreme Court is going to be struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Avalon, I want you to respond. But we'll get to mm -hmm. three of the justices on the court dissented yes. because of due process concerns. Well, but also because uh, there have been a lot of uh, roadblocks in, the, in, the, in this effort based on a lot of people finding technicalities. The Constitution says what it says. The Colorado Supreme Court decided that the Constitution still matters and it applies to Donald Trump. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, specifically says, we had the language up there, that no person who took an oath to uphold the Constitution and engages in insurrection or rebellion or gives aid or comfort to said insurrection or rebellion is eligible to hold any office. That's the language. Any office, civil or federal. And, and people can parse, well, is it 
Was it anticipated to be under a president? Uh, under a president? I know if you read the articles, the debates around the ratification, senators at that time are saying this is also forward-looking. This is not just about the Confederacy and the U.S. Civil War. I take Ali's points. He and I have had a long, vigorous disagreement about the application of this. But the Constitution exists for a reason. And if people keep looking for loopholes to excuse Donald Trump for accountability against the Constitution, that's where you reap the whirlwind. This is not partisan. This is about applying historic principles. Due process is not a loophole. Due process is in Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. By the way, when Donald Trump lost dozens of his election suits in 2020, what did Donald Trump's people say? Oh, those are technicalities. Those are loopholes. Those matter. Due process matters. We can't just throw it out. But it, this is not, I, I respectfully, I, and, and I, I, you know, respectfully, I don't think this is an issue of due process. This is an issue about whether <clears throat> Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection and whether, therefore, the constitutional remedy for that applies. And, and, and I think people are going to put all sorts of partisan spin on the ball, and I'd encourage them not to. Shouldn't cheerlead this from the left, and you shouldn't deny it from the right. If you believe, I'll say, philosophical consistency is going to hold the day, then any originalist on the court would say, well, the, the text of the Constitution matters, and states' rights matters with regard to, to, to Colorado. Listen to Judge Ludic. Look at the, read the 74-page document by the two Federal Society jurists, legal scholars, who went into this impartially and said, you know what? It does apply when you look at the full context. Yeah. Or, or look at the six other states that have rejected this. I'll just put it, put it this way. If you had gotten 100 brilliant lawyers, scholars, historians a week ago, uh, two years ago, and said, how does impeachment work? Everyone would have given you the same answer. We have a process for that. The House votes by a majority, then the Senate votes, has a trial, votes by two-thirds. You got that same group together two years ago and says, how does the 14th Amendment work? You'd hear 100 different answers. That's why this is a due process problem. So just one thing, though, I, I think it's it's worth pointing out, though, that even as we have these debates and even as we, you know, trying to think about is this the question of, you know, the Constitution is a due process. The real question is, what is the Supreme Court going to do with this when they take this up? Because they inevitably will take it up. And the question is, when will they take it up? What will they say? And how does that fall? And so I, I want us to perhaps think about what happens when the Supreme Court takes it up? Because as much as we want to kind of divorce it and think about the Supreme Court as this kind of objective body that is, we all can sit here at the table and know that the Supreme Court is not that right now. The Supreme Court has been politicized. The Supreme Court has three Donald Trump appointees on it. And I think this does have implications for not just the question of, um, you know, can he be on the ballot, but all of these other kind of questions that surround Donald Trump and criminal charges, Donald Trump and insurrection. And that's going to be, you know, I'm sure Jack Smith, for example, is watching this with bated mm -hmm. breath. Um, people want to know, and the Supreme Court is going to have to weigh in at some point or another um, to tell us what to think. They're going to be making these legal parameters sure. and these decisions. Yeah.